Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. I'll pick a note eventually. Welcome to Known Legacy, guys. How you guys doing? We're so glad you're here. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> we're glad that you're watching this because if you were here, the view would be a little interesting. But speaking of here, we do have a live studio live audience studio today. Studio audience today. Wave, guys, you're here. <laughs> They'll never be on camera again. They're not completely Ever. live. <laughs> their studio audience, but they're there. Lone Star State Cigars, where we're uh, coming from for the podcast once again. Hey, big news for Bill and I. Um, if you haven't heard, which I'm sure most of you haven't, we've been asked. <laughs> if, you, if you've heard, then you're, then you're like prophetic. Yes. Um, we've been asked to be the MCs or the main stage MCs for Rock the Desert. Rock the Desert. Out in tell, me a little, tell us a little bit about Rock the Desert. Tickets are still available. I believe yeah. it is um, first weekend in August in Midland. Yeah. Hence the name Desert. Desert. Because it's only going to be 110 degrees only. out. Who, who, who doesn't want to stand in an open field listening to a band when it's 110 degrees out? Nobody. These guys. These guys. <laughs> Listen, you should come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tickets are available at the door, but you can purchase them. You right. can purchase them Who are some of the bands? Beforehand. Switchfoot's going to be there. Who Switchfoot, else? Switchfoot, Matthew West, uh, nice. 10th Avenue North. Um, one we Direction? Messengers. No One Direction. <laughs> no. Are they even a band anymore? I don't think so. They I mean, went I, multiple directions, and it's gone horribly wrong they for them. Multiple directions. <laughs> Can you even name one of their songs? How could I name? Well, you look like a guy who would listen to One Direction. I, I, how do I know? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> listen, I could. I didn't even like the Backstreet Boys. Okay, like, uh, come on. Bye 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 bye. I don't think that's the Backstreet Boys. Is that One Direction? No, I think that's In Sync. Oh, <laughs> they all blend together. And for that's me. Justin Timberlake. So then everyone gets a given for that one. Yeah, gotcha. it's Justin. Gotcha. I love Justin. So he's he, a good artist. He is really talented. I don't even know how why we're talking about him. But anyways, he's not going to be Rock the Desert. Not to bring that down. But there'll be a lot of great bands. Good time. Lots and lots of uh, people. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, three days of fun. I think you can still try and get camping and you can try to get out there. But get on out there. Have a lot of fun. We'll be there all weekend. And if you see us, say hi. Let us know that you listen to the podcast let and uh, that you're enjoying it or yeah. not enjoying it. No, um, don't let us. You're not enjoying it. Just, <laughs> yeah, no, no, just, just say hi. Just don't. <laughs> Pat us on the head and keep walking. Just keep we, walking. Our, our egos are entirely too fragile for you're, that. <laughs> you simple you, fools. <laughs> what are you doing? Wasting time like that. Anyways. It's so a good time. The the um, so my wife. Uh, I'm wearing my Texas A&M garb today. You are. I am because football season is about to begin, and I'm very excited. Um, it's seven days, I believe, for training camp. It starts on the 26th, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and uh, so, A&M. I, I started dating her. She was a senior in high school. I came from Nebraska. I went to college in Nebraska, and I mean, Cornhusker fans—they're crazy. Nebraska. Um, but they just—the whole state dresses red on Saturdays. That's the culture. So you it's know, red. Just, so yeah. what are the colors? I thought they were red and yellow. Red and white. Red and white. Yeah. Maybe I was thinking corn. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what you were thinking. No, the corn was yellow. No, no. Herbie Husker does have some yellow in his costume, 
but it is red and white. So coming down here, I didn't know anything about the culture of A&M. Everyone in Texas knows the culture of A&M, and a lot of people talk about A&M being yeah, a cult. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I started dating this girl during the summertime. She's there her senior year. I go to visit her, and we're walking around campus, and she's telling me all of these like historic details of like what's going on, like the story of the dog Reveille and how that's the highest person in their you know camp of military people, and she's like some fourteen star general, and and you know and and if she barks in class, everyone gets to get out of class for free, and da 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 da, and then we're walking by the big stadium and this whole time we're doing this tour every guy we pass by tells me howdy okay howdy it tells us howdy howdy <laughs> so i'm from up north we're saying hi to people is fine but like actually interacting with them you know with like more than yeah. just a wave is is means you know them yeah. so i'm starting to think in the back of my head as i'm dating this girl for second month how many guys does this girl that i'm dating know <laughs> All right. Wait a minute here. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a little that's a little yeah. yeah, come on now. So finally I and some of them were wearing overalls, like with all this painting stuff on it. It just it was so out of like the norm for like life and existence. Interesting. And so Interesting. finally like I, I stopped her and I was like, How many guys do you know? She goes, well, what do you mean? I was like, every single guy we're passing says howdy. Like, how many guys do you know? And is there something in your story that I need to be made yeah, aware yeah, of? Yeah, like, wait and she goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's just, it's part of what we do here. Like, we just say howdy to people. And if we ever see a girl walking alone, they walk with her, not to like stalk her, but just, you know, to protect her. And it's like what we do. And we have the yell leaders. We don't have cheerleaders. And, and I'm like going, man, the culture in this place is crazy yeah and, and then it's I, ingrained it is so ingrained and and wow. so i thought it was a cult i was making fun of it and then i went to one football game and i'm like i'm all in because everything that i value was on display like military high pageantry the whole stand like these six guys do these little silly hand motions yeah you know and the whole stands like yeah this were farmers fight and i'm like this is awesome <laughs> and then i started wrestling with how in the world does that culture get passed down? Like, where did that culture come from in yeah, that school? Yeah. And then more importantly, how does it get passed down? How has it not been corrupted like so many other institutions that, like, you just have these weird culture things? Like Evergreen State out in uh, Washington, they have a distinct culture of, like, bucking the system and, and, you know, every rule that may be in play is absolutely in play, and they do everything. In fact, I went there and visited a friend that was going there, okay. and there was a piano in the middle of their quad, and the whole goal for that semester was that piano that was supposed to be played all the time. But no one played a note. They just played noise. So it wasn't like beautiful, like a concerto or something by Bach. It was just guys would sit there for a half hour and just pound the hell out of the keys, making obnoxious That's noise. Weird. But that was the culture there, and that was celebrated there. Okay. Like I opened the door for a girl at Evergreen State, and literally, she stopped on the other side and goes, what, you don't think I can open the door? I was like, no, no, no. That's I, I think I mean. you can open the door. Like, I just was being polite. I can open my own door. I was like, all right, sweetheart. Wow. wow. <laughs> I should not have said sweetheart. <laughs> that was not the right thing. <laughs> I, was, I, I got more cuss words thrown at me in that, that three minutes afterwards than I've ever had thrown at me. So, wow. culture. Like, every organization has a culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. has an intense culture that is passed down, intentionally passed down from, like, to the freshmen, to the sophomores, to the juniors, and no one steps out of line on that culture. It's amazing to me hmm. how powerful culture is. Kind of seeps in there. 
It does seep in there. Absolutely, it does. Well, it's funny, you know, you, you bring up culture, and uh, and and I know that uh, you're, you're going to know where I'm talking about when I use the words, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. I'll have the four count with waffle fries and an unsweet tea. That's my pleasure. It's like, <laughs> I'm do Everyone. It. Everybody. And so Chick-fil-A is an amazing place that, that engages culture. In fact, I have a, there, there's a, a, a family at our church that they're, all their children have to work at Chick-fil-A for six months. Really? Before they can go to any other job. So the standard of developing a culture is so huge. In fact, I was at a, a leadership uh, meeting one time. John Maxwell was there, and the, and the marketing director of Chick-fil-A was there. And it was so cool because he was talking about how a lot of uh, fast food places, they kind of picture you know an individual with like a $20 bill on their head. Right, because they're just money. They're just it's, money. How do we and get money out of them? You're trying to get more money out of them. And he said, we kind of have a different angle. And he wasn't being prideful about it. He was talking about how he said, said listen, we make chicken sandwiches, but we don't want to just make chicken sandwiches. We want to change want to change the world. And so they show this video in their training, apparently. That, and he showed us the video. And it's like it goes through, it goes through like a normal Chick-fil-A. And so the person behind the counter, you know, they're, they're trying to go to college and they're from a single family. Um, you, know, this, you know, this couple has been married 50 years. And then this one, you know, there's a guy eating by himself. And it's like this one just lost his wife of 47 years of oh. marriage. It, had, it even had this guy walking in with his little four-year-old. And it said, this guy resents his daughter because his wife died at childbirth. I'm like, this is a Chick-fil-A <laughs> training video. I'm like in tears like, okay, okay, well, I'm going to go work at Chick-fil-A now and like my life is forever altered. Right. But, but from the beginning, they set up a culture of saying, we're dealing with people who have stories, yes. not yes. someone who has a wallet. And, and it, what's amazing, again, you go to every single Chick-fil-A. I don't care where you go. You can go to Alabama, anyone, yeah. and they have the exact same culture. And yeah. it amazes me how they're able to push that culture into every single shop that they own. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. amazing to me. And so I guess today's um, topic, we've kind of talked a lot about to set it up, but this idea of, of what does our culture look like in our families? Right. Have we even thought about this? I love that, that you brought this, this concept up to, because I'm like, wow, you're right. We all have a culture in our families and so many times we don't even see that we're doing it. We don't even see that we're developing this culture. Right. So I think today we wanted to kind of talk about maybe asking some questions about how we're defining our culture in our own life because we're crashing into the culture of the world all the time and we need to be more intentional as followers of Christ to go, how do we lead our families or the families that we're going to have? I know that we have a lot of guys who don't have families yet right now that are, that, that are, in our, that, that are listening to us. And so it's, it's preparing themselves so that they can be the leaders that God's intended them to be by going... How do we set this up long before I even say I do? Right. That to right. come into someone and go, this is the culture I want to have in my family. Right. And I think it's intentional. Like, we, we, we're good at passing down traditions, and traditions are part of culture, but there's something bigger and deeper that goes on there. So, yeah. for, for instance, part of the, the motivation for this was um, I was realizing that it's summertime in the Harchin house, and so basically what would happen is the kids would wake up at whatever time, they'd immediately turn on Fortnite, they'd play Fortnite, and then they might go outside for a minute, realize it's 150 degrees out. <laughs> Come back in dehydrated and then play more Fortnite. Play more Fortnite. And my wife and I were just like, we were getting ticked. Yeah. And and we were getting ticked at the actions. But what we realized was, as we talked through it, we had allowed a culture to take root in our family yeah. that we didn't like. 
because it was very unintentional. We just yeah. kind of went through it. It's laziness. It's summer and everything else. And so we kind of sat down and said, okay, we're going to, if we can push a culture into our kids, a, a, a posture, a behavior that they can value that would set them up for success yeah. wherever they go, we need to do that. And so I was reading this book called Point Man, and uh, it's a great little book. And something kicked into my mind as I'm reading it, and it's this simple phrase. And we started using it in our culture, in our family, and it's it's changed our culture over the last few weeks. And it's simply start strong. Mm. I don't care what the day holds. I don't care what your profession is. Yeah. I don't care how much money you make. But if we can have a culture in our family that every day yeah. we start strong. Yeah. And what does strong, strong look like? A little bit of exercise, a little bit of reading or creativity. Mm-hmm. One of my daughters is a huge creative, and so I'm like, just draw something. I don't care what you draw. Or yeah. play something on the piano. Just do something creative. And then a little bit of time in the Word. If you can do those three things at the start of every single day, yeah, I don't care what you do with the rest of your life. There's a high likelihood you'll succeed. Well, yeah, because even if you get it started... And the hunger for that continues to grow. Now, again, as teenagers, they want to just hang out. They want, but if we can set that tone in them for the first thing that they do in their in their morning, beyond use the bathroom, is that's important too. That might be a way to start strong. <laughs> start there, but then, but then, but then move on to to spending simple things. Like we're not talking about reengage. You know, you know, redesigning the whole day for your kids. Okay, at eleven o two, you do this. To eleven thirty eight, right. you do this. But we're just talking about simple things. Start strong. That's pretty easy. It's right. pretty easy to set up. And then mom, dad, you can have those conversations when you get home from work. Hey, how did it go this morning? Right. Oh, I forgot. Or, oh, I didn't. Right. And, and, and the reason why we use, because again, a lot of times we can go towards behavior modification yeah. and worry about like, just like, here's the things you have to do. And so we have a to-do list. Setting culture isn't establishing a to-do list. Setting culture is like, eventually you have to decide what starting strong looks like for you. Yeah. Just like Chick-fil-A. Eventually, you're going to have to figure out what customer service looks like for you at the register at that moment. Yes. But I'm going to set to you the importance of the people in front of you have a story, and we're here to change their lives or impact their lives, not just get money from them. Correct. That, That allows the customer service moment to look very different than... Um, you put onions on my burger. I'm pissed. And I'm going to jump over the car, you know the counter and, and beat the, yeah. the tar out of you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so for us, I'm like, our kids will eventually get to the point where they have to define what starting strong is. Yeah. But if they have a culture of saying no, my day is better when I start strong. That's the culture I want them to step into, and it has to be intentional. Like, like we're setting culture all the time. We had unintentionally sent a lazy culture. Yeah. And we're like, no, no, we need to. Like, you can be lazy afterwards, but you start strong. Yeah, and, and so that's what we've been kind of wrestling with. So I guess that's the big question for us is, yeah. what's the culture in your family? How do you identify the culture in your family? And maybe what are some of the questions you can ask or wrestle with, with your spouse, with yourself alone, to kind of say, okay, is the culture we want hard work, yeah, integrity, not lying, those kind of things, is the culture we want actually being set up, valuing people, not just the grade at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's a great, I think the best way for us to do that is to ask questions like we ask. Like, the, uh, we ask each other questions. Um, but I, I, you know, there are some great questions you had set up right here, and I think we need to go through them because sometimes it's like, how do I even wear this in? Like, what do I even think about where I'm at in my culture? Right. And I think it's a lot simpler than, than, we, than us just trying to figure out specific points, but to ask right. questions. Right. And so I think the first question that you had put down was, what do we celebrate 
and how and, and what does how we celebrate reveal about who we are? So what do we celebrate? Right. So that one comes from, uh, I had an old church planner buddy of mine. Um, his church is 20 years old now almost. And uh, one of the things that he, he pressed into his community from the very beginning is what you celebrate, you become. Mm. What you celebrate, you become. That's good. And, uh, and so my wife and I have just started, actually, um, the other day, we, we started to evaluate what do we celebrate. And what we realize is we're really bad at this. Like, we celebrate birthdays, but it's not trying to impress our friends by having the bigger bounce house and having the pony that's dressed up like a unicorn and, you know, spending... <laughs> five thousand dollars on whatever yeah our 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 celebration is like we celebrate as a family so we yeah. go out to eat you get to choose a restaurant and and we're like okay is that is that creating a culture that we want and we're like yeah it does because we're not we're not a, our culture is family's important and so these big celebrations are important for us yeah. the other thing that we celebrate for right or for wrong is football we, we celebrate football. We love football in our house. We love Saturday, Saturday football, college right. football. We love NFL football. But we rarely watch football by ourselves. We almost always invite family and friends over to watch particularly Green Bay Packer games together. <laughs> because, you know, and so... That's I have a, no words right now. <laughs> that's a celebration that we have. But outside of that, we don't, we don't do a lot of celebrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking we're missing some great opportunities. Like, you know, to celebrate the 4th of July... And yeah. the country that we live in, we just kind of low roll that. We don't go out to parades. We don't do it. I mean, we go to fireworks, but, you know, I, yeah. I complain about the whole time I'm there. I complain about the crowds and, you know, we should leave before the, the, the grand finale because I don't want to be stuck in traffic and everything else. Were and you I'm in like, my car? <laughs> I'm, I'm so convicted. That's all I think about. All I the know. Time, though, is like, I'm like, here we here we are celebrating time as a family with fireworks, which are freaking awesome. And all I'm worried about is the traffic. Yeah. I'm setting up a culture for my kids that is potentially um, missing a moment because of fear of what might come. How about you guys? What are some of the celebrations you have? I mean, we kind of, for you know, there's a lot of things that we enjoy to celebrate, but we try to, you know, celebrate little things too. And I think that's part of us is like, and maybe we over-celebrate. You know, it's funny, um, someone I know, he, he said, you know, there's there's such a dynamic in his in his family where one of his sons married a woman who's like, it's Friday. Everyone gets a gift. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and so it's like, so it's one of those things. Or it, it's, I want, it's, I want to live in that house. Exactly. Or, or it's like the other side. So I think it's, it's you knowing what you value and, and what you celebrate. I think for, for us, a big one, um, I think is just, we just really want to celebrate. You know, we, we even tried sometime each other, each other, just like some Friday. It's like, really want you to know how valuable you are. Now we've right. only got two kids. So it allows us to have some freedom. Or is not like eleven kids. Shut I've up. got a friend who has eight kids, God. and so it's like at that point, like natural, or do they? Oh no, no, they, like, no, steal no. But them, I do know, or? no. But I do do have someone that I know who's had twelve natural kids. She's a rock star, and so are they, are they Mormon? No, they're not. Really? No, they're 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 amazing. <laughs> Catholic? No, no, really. They're 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 awesome, and so but but I think I think the idea is um is is finding for us uh, even celebrating in the mundane. Because yes. so many times we don't just value the fact that that we're a family and we're healthy and, you know, we have this, you know, we, we live in this area. I mean, just it's finding what you want to celebrate. I, I don't know if I'm putting the words right and correctly, but but 
I think for us, we just love celebrating life yeah. and people and enjoying that together. So we'll do like, you know, um, we'll do, we'll do, uh, you know, movie nights. We'll kind of pull out everything in the front room. We'll, we'll put a bunch of blankets on the floor and we'll just do a movie night. We'll get popcorn and we'll watch some random movie on Netflix. Right. But instead of it just being a night of us there, we're just celebrating it together. We do love the celebration, the party. That's kind of one thing that we love. Again, um, going back to the celebration thing. I realized there was a season when we were really tight on funds, yeah. really tight on funds. Yeah. And we for gone, forgoed, forwent, forwent somewhere. I don't know. You're not talking to the right guy. And uh, we we skipped some celebrations. Yeah. And the kids were like, hey, we're going to do this. And we're like, no, we don't have any money. We were setting a culture unintentionally yeah. that... Um, we were fearful of, of money, so we would not celebrate, which is, a, is a, I think, a long-term negative culture that you don't want to set within your family. And if I could do it all over again, I'd be like, you know what? We want to we in, ingrain in our kids a, a celebration or a culture of two things, generosity and celebration of hard work. Mm. And so um, when hard work is accomplished, to have some po- – and it doesn't matter how much money you have, but to, to do something that says, well done. Because, again, what you celebrate – you become, and if we want our kids to be have a good work ethic, it's important to celebrate hard work yeah. somehow, some way. The second one is generosity. And what I realized was when money was tight, my wife and I became less and less generous with others, and we were creating stingy kids. Not a bad thing, not frugal kids, stingy kids. And, and my wife and I realized, no, 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 no. We don't want to create stingy kids. We want to create generous kids that are generous with their time, generous with mm. their house, yeah. generous with their their whatever the resources are. So, yeah. so you know, now it's like I don't care if we have money or not. If there's a celebration, we're going to throw hot dogs on the grill, which are cheap, yeah. and we're going to have people over because yeah. we want to teach our kids. We have a culture of generosity to to give to others um, because we've been given so much. Yeah, and so I think I think with this question, I would I would challenge to say look look back over the last year and. Make a list of the things that you celebrated and then ask yourself, are these the things we wanted to be celebrated for? Or, you know, are these the things that we want to, that we want to celebrate and then begin to make adjustments. Not all of them. Just make one of them, whatever. If, you and know, what's the real motivation? And here's the deal. You may be doing some celebrations with some amazing behind the scenes motivation, but if you're not verbalizing it to your kids, yeah. they won't get it. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to connect the dots for them in such a way they're like, oh, yeah. We're generous. Yeah. That's why. That's why we throw. You know. That's why I smoke a brisket for a football game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm generous. I, I come on over. Let's go. You know. Yeah, let's do that. Hospitality. Let's go. You know. So I, I think it's it's knowing. Okay, looking at it, and if and if if one of the things you celebrate is a, you know is a Friday night with a twelve pack of natural light, mm. you may need to rethink some stuff. Right. But. But it's you going, is this what I value? Because in the long run, it comes back to what you're leaving behind for your kids because your kids are going to pick up on that and your grandkids are going to pick up on what your kids leave. Yep. So all of this plays in. So that question, look back on the last year, see what you celebrated and make the changes that are necessary or define in those celebrations what you value. Right, right, So. Right. Okay, so question for you. Um, what are you afraid of? I think that's the next big question. And... and um, <laughs> what suspicions do you carry towards individuals or institutions and how does that begin to set culture? Yeah. So I, th- I think we're going the other side of the pendulum. What do we celebrate to 
what are we afraid of? What do we fear? Because it's amazing how much fear sets up a culture in our own society, in our right. own family. And we see this a lot. You know, I mean, I, I have a buddy who shares a lot of wisdom. He's, he's one of my mentors. He shares a great amount of wisdom. And he said, Bill, for so long, there's, there's a lot of families when these kids are, in, are, are at home that they're based, it's based on fear while the parents have them where, okay, we don't, we don't talk to this person. We don't, you know, someone of a different religion or someone of a different, different, different preference who, who, agree, who, who believes something completely different than me. And we've kind of kept them away from them. Or, right. and again, I'm not for drugs at all. You know what I'm saying? But the problem is we like, this is bad and this is bad and these, and these are bad. And we go through their whole life, 18 years of keeping the cap on. And then when they're, when they're in college, the cap comes off. And then, oh, that, that guy who offered me weed, he was really nice. And it changes the dynamic. Or that guy who offered me my first drink at 18 when it's illegal still, he, he was, they weren't mean. Right. And I was hurt. They're not a boogie monster. Exactly. And so, so he said, man, this, the safer thing is to not allow fear to dictate and go, well, I'm just going to keep them away from everything. I'm not saying give your kid beer. I'm saying have the conversation. Oh, this person believes something different than me. Well, the cap's still on and we, we can talk about it. Right. Cap comes off. Hey, what is drugs? Not just, not just drugs are bad, don't touch them. But it's like, well, this is why they're not good for you or, or whatever the element is. But, but in a safe environment for, for these 18 years, you have the ability to share this versus just keeping on going, this is my little Timmy right. and I'm going to keep him safe. And then one day we let him go. And then it's unnatural for me because I didn't really raise them in the, in the best, safest way in this environment where, where when I release them and I actually shoot the arrow, I've shot it. I'm just sending them out there. And okay, you're fun. You don't know, have fun. Yeah. Keep looking at me if you have any questions yeah. in the world. Yeah. And I think we allow fear to dictate that. So I guess we're saying this where our boundaries are in fear, are they healthy? Right. Is it a healthy fear? Is it a realistic fear? Now some of these are. And so it's going, okay, where where are our boundaries in which I don't you know, it's like for some reason I think about like, of like the catcher in the rye and like these people that keep falling off and I guess book or not book, it's just that it's the analogy of this person trying to stop everybody from falling off the cliff. And I'm going Man, how uh, how do we set up healthy boundaries for our kids so right. that fear isn't something that we're we're just it's overpowering from us. It is something that we can can help navigate through. Right, because we're more than conquerors. Correct. You know, and so our lives are no longer dictated by fear. Our, our lives are now dictated by God, and God will often call us to go into fearful situations. Yeah. But we have to have the guts to follow Him. And if we've raised our kids over protecting them, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We were raised in a generation where we'd go literally. Lights would come on, we'd get on the bike, we'd ride around the neighborhood, we'd ride yeah. through other neighborhoods, we'd ride down to the wherever, it didn't matter, helmet, no helmet, doesn't matter, I yeah. ate paint chips that were full of lead, <laughs> you know, it's all good. That's the problem. But now we have kids that like, if they don't have padding on from head to toe, and if they aren't protected, um, th- they, they can't do it. They, you know, we're fearful yeah. of them being hurt, we're fearful of them, Are there, and I think that's so destructive. So a great example for, for our family was... We had a, a family living down, renting a house down in the corner of our street. And the two girls, they would always come over to our house. And you know when you hang out with some kids and you're just like, man, they, something's not right. Just yeah. something's not right. So my wife and I, um, after about a week of this, we both were like, man, you know, they, were, they used foul language in our house. They were selfish. You know, they just, you could tell there was a culture clash there. We have a culture where our kids kind of yeah. pick up after themselves, clean up after themselves. These kids would eat a half bag of chips, throw it on the ground, and move on. And you're like, oh, my God, are you freaking kidding me? And our first reaction was like, isolate our kids from them. Don't hang out with them anymore. Yeah. That, w- that was my fear to yeah, yeah, yeah. that moment. And then that night, I'm laying in bed like 2 or 3 in the morning, and all of a sudden I was like, nope. 
these these girls are in a crap situation. Yeah. And for whatever time they have in our house, they have a chance to be exposed to a different culture and a different situation yeah. that may just give them hope for a different life. Correct. And so rather than isolating ourselves from the kids, and again, I would never send my kids to their house, but I told my kids, they are always welcome at our house. Yeah. Because in our house and in our culture, it's set strong enough, mm. um, intentionally or unintentionally, that they can come in and they learned, you know? Yeah. And it was a conversation. They would get up from the table and have a have a glass. I was like, "Oh, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. When you're done with your drink, you put you put the glass in the sink." Oh, okay. Something she they never just didn't before. get boundaries, right? And so all of a sudden, guess what she was doing? She was putting this cup in the you know, and she was learning some of that stuff. So fear said, "Isolate my kids from the bad kids." Grace said, "Maybe just maybe this is the one thing that they have a chance to see Jesus in action." You know. Now again. You have to be wise with this. You have to be wise with your kids, what their boundaries are, their strength of character. Um, but, but again, we don't want life and our kids to be dictated by fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anxiety, stress, those things are horrible. Um, and they just destroy you from the inside out. And so we want to we instill in them from the beginning, no, 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 we're more than conquerors because of Christ. Yeah. So we yeah, can yeah. go into those sticky situations, those tough, tough situations bathed in prayer with Christ yeah, yeah, yeah. with some intentionality there and realize he's got me. Yeah, because I think the reality, and just to finish up this one, I think fear is a constant. And so instead of continuing to just, you know, either either live in this fear, we learn to walk through it. Right. And I think that's right. the value of this is going, okay, what am I afraid of? Is this something I can walk through? Is, is this one of those fears that's like, no, this isn't really a fear. This is just a reality. Like, I really want to protect my children from this. Um, so I think it's asking those questions again. You know, what are we afraid of? And then making that list. Man, I am afraid of all these things. Are these healthy? Are these even really fears or are they just a perceived reality that I need to, to you know, get away from this this kind of element of like, oh gosh, um, the what ifs. Like I guess what I'm getting like like the what ifs. Like there's sometimes we're afraid of the what could happen and yes. that stuff never happens. Right. And right. I think that's where we can list it out and go, oh, these are probably never going to happen. Right. Um, these are real. These are realistic. Right. So how do I navigate through them? And so as we, as we come to a close on this, this podcast, and I feel like we're probably going to do a few on this. Um, yeah. I think I, as we talk, we're getting more into these because there's so much about right. it. Um, I, I think our heart is not to over glorify Chick-fil-A, um, but I'll use the opposite of Chick-fil-A, Dairy Queen. You can go into a Dairy Queen. <laughs> that was in one a really place, good opposite. And, and, and it can be an amazing moment. And you're like, yay. And then you go into another one and you're like going, I think that ice cream was made four years ago. You know, I mean, it's just, there's yeah. no consistency in that. I guess my heart is that we would kind of ask that question, what culture are we setting? And how do we intentionally make that culture something that we pass down to generation, generation, generation? Uh, like one of the phrases we use in our, in our house a lot, and if you don't, I would encourage you to do that. It's like, that's not what Harchins do. Mm. That's not what Harchins do. You know, um, we, we don't do that or yeah, that's exactly, that's what Harchins, that's who Harchins are. Yep. That's who we are. Yep. And if you start to use that language, that starts to identify the behaviors that reveal the culture that's set behind, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, um, man, may we strive for more of a Chick-fil-A <laughs> and less of a Dairy Queen. That sounds good. And yeah, we'll probably have a part two of this one that talks a little, ask a couple more questions, but man, this was good stuff today to ask questions about. What are we afraid of? What do we celebrate? And really setting a tone 
for where we want to be with our family right. in the future. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org. 